Welcome to Radical Change Radio. Today, we're continuing our series of podcasts on tribing. And this is the third podcast on modeling. Today, we explore the topic of modeling yourself at your best. And you'll see in a couple of podcasts how all this comes very useful in modeling tribing. So, modeling yourself at your best. Now, that's kind of a big thing to swallow. What do you guys mean by that? Well, um, uh, I guess to me what it means is, uh, uh, I don't know if modeling really is exactly the right word for me. I guess it's just a part of the process. That's why we call on it. Uh, to me, what it is is uh, finding... Uh, maybe contexts, places, activities that uh, make you feel alive, that where you like, truly come to life without having to you know, think about it or uh, making any con constructs about yourself, like who you should be, you know, none of that stuff. So when you just be in there and you're feeling alive and like, here I am, you know, that's it. You know, there's nothing to think about. Uh, this is this is why I'm like everything flows, everything works, everything is uh, perfect and wonderful. And finding those moments, quite often, it's just moments of that, of the glimpses of this of this kind of state, and uh, uh, identifying for yourself, or maybe observing. Like for me, it's more uh, more observing uh, what makes me alive, first of all, and uh, uh, who am I in those moments. And then uh, uh, basically finding a truth about myself through those moments and bringing that into other... So the modeling part comes in bringing that uh, learning, bringing this experience uh, and, and those revelations, if you will, about yourself into other parts of your life where it can be useful. For me, modeling myself at my best... Well, let's look at what modeling is here and what is my myself at my best is. Um, I agree with Sergey. It's a lot of it is is um, finding those moments in in my everyday existence when I feel alive, and this is primarily nonverbal experience, um, especially in those moments. Uh, there really is no talk in my head, no conversation. Uh, I may speak about it afterwards. Um, and you'll see, as I talk about this, I'm going to have a lot of pauses because when I go into that state, uh, it's nonverbal again. Hard to speak about it. Uh, these are moments when, um, when there is a sense of... Uh, uh, Merge a union with uh, with 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 the universe at large. Um, 
it dis- in, in a weird way, you know, it's my best self is the disappearance of myself. <laughs> hmm. No, I'm not sure this makes any sense to you. <laughs> makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, one way to think about it is that it's the disappearance of my small self, you know, what, what psychologists call ego or the, the personality, the edges of me and, and, and the, and the coming into being the awareness of, 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 of me as a perspective of universe Uh, very nonverbal experiences. Um, they happen in all sorts of like random times and spaces for me. Uh, there are some contexts where this happens more often. For example, in relationships for me, this happens more often. When dancing, this happens for me quite a lot. When I am uh, traveling through the world, this happens for me a lot. Uh, sometimes they can last a few seconds. Sometimes I can be in that way uh, for days, literally for days, uh, and then it, everything becomes magical. It's, it, it's it's a whole different way of of of, of being, incomparable to to being stuck in this small personality, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. I see you spacing out almost like you almost go in there and like boom you're gone right you have to come back to talk to us yeah, I do have to come back to speak mm-hmm. um, when I talk about modeling this way of being is um, my uh, you can say it my goal is to capture the triggers for these moments, the internal and the external triggers, and both are present, the context as well as my own internal. Uh, capture the sequencing, and not all of it is under my control. <laughs> and thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> However, the part that is under my influence is uh, what mo- what I would call modeling, and I have been able to decipher some parts of it for me, not all of them yet. I think this is a lifelong journey that will never be uh, fully uncovered, and again, thank God for that too. Um, I don't think we come to this planet to be at our best all the time. Um, but it's good to have occasional glimpses on it, at it. And by modeling the triggers and the sequencing, uh, I am able to enter that way. Uh, reasonably frequently. Not at will yet. Uh, this is very different from modeling skills. I'm not looking for to do anything, to achieve anything. Very different from modeling another person. I'm not looking to be any particular personality. 
or have any particular uh, life. It's it's really very much transcendent through all of that. Okay. <laughs> it's a loaded topic. Hmm. I don't even know where to start. Um, let me start from here. Uh, it's about the rapture of being alive, right? And how do I find and embrace this aliveness consistently in as many ways as possible? And one of the hallmarks of this is that I, I think about it as uh, an aesthetic perspective, a sense of beauty in and around you. Uh, and that becomes that becomes your map. That's your GPS to know how you're getting there, where a sense of beauty engulfs you. And uh, time. <laughs> It's interesting. Uh, I've struggled with that uh, for many, many, many years. Uh, really, really struggled with uh, the concept of time. Uh, not intellectually, but very much in my personal lived experience. Rumi said it well, so I'll quote him. He said, you have to burn the veils of past and future to arrive at the transcendent now. To me, that's what this is about. And uh, let me get a little more geeky because it's it's a hard concept to triangulate. I hope we can, at least I can point you in that direction without saying, oh, this is what it is because I don't think I can do that. It's about making your highest common function your lowest common denominator. <laughs> Talk about making it easy. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me explain what I mean by that. Your concept of best is going to change with time, with your own development. It's about consistently making those highs of your life the new lows. Right? Sure. Let, me repeat, let me repeat that. It's making those highs which are so elusive and we try to get that more and more, the new lows, so that that becomes the launch pad for you to go into brand new areas. Now, I've struggled with this. I've used these terms, but I've struggled with it when I've talked about modeling yourself at your best because it presupposes a couple of things, that you understand the distinction between self and self-concept Your self-concept is basically your personality and your idea of who you think you are mm-hmm. versus who you are and which one are you modeling for you to arrive at your best. All I can say is that when you arrive at that space, uh, there's an absence of language, there's an absence of time, and life happens. It just flows naturally. Sometimes, uh, in that moment, you may also die. And that's natural too. And it is okay. Hmm. And it's a way, it's a way of showing up in this world where you are in harmony. That's that's the best way I can describe it for me. So when I talk about modeling you at your best, it's about the how. How can I arrive at that place? 
where everything is okay? How can I arrive at that place where that there is that sense of transcendence? How can I arrive at that place where there's that absence of self-concept? How can I arrive at that place where beauty marks my way? Right? And as, or at least for me, as I have grown or as I have developed depth, my experience of all these has also changed. All that has also transformed. So that's what it means to me. All right. As I said, this is a hard topic to speak about because it's primarily nonverbal. Um, however, I I'm, we're on a podcast and um, it would be useful for our listeners to have some idea of how to first notice these moments when they're at their best, right? Um, and two, how to at least try to model them, mm-hmm. right? So let's talk about these two moments. Can I jump in here? Mm-hmm. I think I think what has worked for me is uh, a sense of beauty and a sense of aliveness. Right? What I mean by that is when you find yourself seeing not not finding a person or uh, anyone else, but just life in general being very beautiful, and you have this sense of active participation in it with a sense of aliveness, you know? That's what it is all about. It's not about your meaning to your life. It's not about this. It's not about that. But track those moments where all of life becomes beautiful. Track those moments where uh, where you find a sense of aliveness in you. So for me, one of the contexts that it happens is, for example, uh, backcountry exploration. Mm-hmm. Hmm? when there's absolutely nothing and no one around and uh, I don't know what the next moment may unfold and have lunch, a bear, <laughs> a falcon <laughs> or some nice strawberries along the way. <laughs> right? But those moments, uh, there's a sense of just absolute beauty. Right? And in those moments, I think that, my God, isn't God the greatest architect and God being an idea rather than crazy old man with a white beard up there right uh, <laughs> right isn't that isn't that wonderful and there's a sense of just absolute aliveness where your senses are sharp and you're ready to go no matter what shows up you're ready to go yeah and in the, from that state there's no planning there's no past there's no present there's no there's no past no future it's just there. And whatever happens happens and then there's a sense of aliveness there's a sense of gratefulness and sense of beauty so that's what works for me. So what I would ask you is, where do you find yourself come alive? Where do you find yourself operating from a place where you don't worry about results? Where do you find yourself in a place where you just know it'll all be all right? Now, how do you, wouldn't you like to make that your baseline? I'm going to leave you with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, for me, um one place that definitely uh, uh, makes me feel uh, alive quite often is uh, a dance floor. Uh, much more specifically, Five Rhythms dance floor. Uh, that's where I go most often. Uh, although uh, I've been to a few other uh, places uh, where it's 
not five rhythms, but similar kind of dance and still evokes the same thing. So I guess it's it's just uh, basically being uh, being that in a in that free form movement uh, is that uh, my uh, my place of finding that uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, myself at my best, right? So uh, and. Um, um, I'm trying to think what what to say about this, and I, and I kind of uh, got myself there, and I lost track of the whole thing entirely. So uh, <laughs> help me, guys, out here. <laughs> this yeah, is what I expected. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you you were talking about five rhythms and how when you get there, how going. how to get there. Okay, yeah. Uh, so besides driving that monkey, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, of course, obviously. Uh, Right. Okay. That's that. That that's that's one marker that happens. Right. I get totally get lost. Of what? What am I? What am I doing? Um, so um, the uh, well, let me see. I haven't actually thought of the actual syntax or you know actual process or anything that I go through there. It's it's more like it just I just let myself be at that point. So what what happens? Um, all right, I'm not, I, I, I'm not sure I can tell you how I can get there on purpose yet, but what I can tell is what happens as a sequence, right? Uh, what, what happens is that, uh, first of all, I need to sense, I need to be in my body. First, I need to get out of my head and into my body and, uh, uh, and start to feel. Like I would pay attention to where my feet uh, go, where, uh, how I move, uh, you know, what kind of muscles I move, what kind of... Uh, uh, just, just feeling it, sensing, not necessarily making myself do certain things, but just observing the uh, like kinesthetic sense, just observing, you know, how is my body feeling, what does it do, you know, wh- what are the movements... And uh, in turn, that helps me to clear any kind of uh, uh, any kind of language in my head, right? So any kind of talking, in, internal talking. So um, uh, it, it, that essentially empties the thoughts, right? So I don't think anymore uh, about anything uh, cerebral. My mind becomes an observer, as opposed to a uh, a chatter. So that's another thing. Uh, so my mind just sits there and just watches, basically. So later on, I can come back to it and talk about it to some extent. But in the process, I don't have any words, and I actually feel that they'll be interfering with the process. So I purposefully don't even let them in. Um, and um, uh, after a, a little while... So this is not yet at, uh, being at my best. This is just uh, kind of the steps that I, I know the markers that I'm getting there. And uh, uh, eventually I would start feeling some kind of a high. It, it, it's the best way I can describe it. It's, it's just it's this brain chemistry, I guess, of some sort that's happening that uh, somehow I just start seeing the world differently. I start seeing other people differently. It, um uh, I don't know if you've seen if you've seen this recent uh, uh, movie called Limitless. They have this very interesting shots where uh, the guy on this uh, special drug, right, the, his vision is opening up. It's almost like this fish eye opening up into the scene. Uh, so uh, I, I very much relate to that kind of. It doesn't really happen to my vision that that way, but 
like the peripheral vision opens up yep quite a bit and uh, uh i almost feel like i can see well if not 360 degrees but at least i can feel all 360 around. degrees yep. right all around me um that's a that's a sense uh and uh finally uh in in that moment basically i start dancing and sometimes Totally in a crazy way. Like uh, I, I, I can jump off the walls, right. literally. What do you mean? And, sometimes in a crazy way. Uh, well, whatever. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, occasionally I, it, it's actually quite. Uh, I, I may be quiet in a, in my dance. It actually happens these days. Seriously, it does. You haven't seen me in a while, so <laughs> don't look at me like that. But uh, <laughs> it, it does occasionally. But yeah, I mean, I would can be bouncing off the walls and all. But uh, um, the, uh, the, the state of mind in that point for me is, the state of being, I guess, is that uh, I can do anything and I, and I don't care about whether I'll do it or not. It just, some, it, it, everything just happens and it just feels right. And, and if it, Occasionally, it doesn't feel completely right. I know it'll write itself up somehow. So it, it's like it's okay. It's it's everything is good. Um, and one more piece I want to bring up here. Uh, so that in that state, um, I've been observing some people uh, uh, would try to mimic what I do occasionally. And good luck with that. I mean, I've, they can't. I, well, they just can't. Right? They're looking uh, at the effect rather than the process. Right. It, one, one guy, in fact, even came back to me once and, and said, you know, I've been watching you dancing for like a month or two. And uh, I've been trying to be like you, you know, be a dancer like you. And I almost smack him, you know, with the words, like, you know, don't. Just just forget it. <laughs> you know, it's like, dance like yourself, not like me, because, you know, you'll break your neck or something. Uh, and and uh, not not because I'm, I'm, I'm that good. I, I, well, maybe I am. But, you know, it's not because of that, because... Uh, the way I dance uh, at that in that state is is uh, I'm being at my own best, and I know that I can dance this way because in that state uh, it's almost like you know somebody some some kind of something bigger than yourself is moving you and therefore protecting you in a way. So it's safe for me to do that. Like I know my boundaries in that state. Physical boundaries, like how much can I bend, how much can I jump, right? Uh, and uh, at the same time, I don't have to too too much consciously, uh, you know, watch those boundaries because I know uh, uh, that it's almost like I'm being watched for safety in a way. So I don't have to do it much. It just happens. Uh, and therefore, uh, it basically I can do whatever, so, so everything works. Like everything uh, is possible. Everything is possible, and that's what people outside are seeing. They see yeah. like this is he's doing like, some crazy stuff, some some stunts that you know they'd probably spend years learning, and it's not like I've been learning this stuff. It just happens, right? So that's uh, that's that's one of the benefits, I guess, that we probably haven't mentioned yet in this podcast, right? The benefits of being in uh, uh, your zone. your best, your zone, right? is that you can do almost impossible things for what looks like from outside as impossible. But it's, it's a complete reality, and you can actually do it, and uh, in fact, it's repeatable. 
And that's why we're talking about modeling yourself at best so you can repeat the same things. You know, for years I've said uh, impossible just means, it depends how you write it and read it. It actually means I am possible. The trick is how do you arrive at that place of I, that where mm-hmm. I becomes possible, right? I mean, I was listening and tracking out three examples and stories and a few things were consistent. Uh, if I may just highlight that so the listeners are able to bring it together because we use very different languaging and examples to talk about this. Mm-hmm. But a few things. A, it's deeply somatic. It's not a mind trip. It's a body trip. Mm-hmm. Two, you arrive at a space where language is absent. So there's a sense of spaciousness. Three, we're talking about uh, almost a transcendent feeling. It's moving beyond your ego, beyond your personality into something and merging with something greater than yourself while still retaining your individuality. Four, everything becomes possible from here. Life just happens and it's all okay. Right? And five, you just know whatever happens, you'll be taken care of. So each of us are going to arrive at this place or this place, this at least for me, it's magical. This place in our own different ways. And the trick is you have to find, uh, I call it the God code, you know. This is the place where man becomes a God or becomes a true creator. But each of us have our own syntax, our own way of dialing into this God code. So my question to you is, how do you find yourself there? Mm-hmm. And can you pay attention to the sequence that you'd go through in your own idiosyncratic way to arrive at that place. And my challenge to you is, why don't you do it more often? Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, I just want to add uh, one more thought. So, uh, uh, yes, you mentioned, Michael, that the language is usually absent Although I want to uh, make a little distinction here. So one other place I, I know that I uh, feel myself at uh, at uh, my best, very close to dancing even, uh, in fact, is uh, uh, public speaking. So uh, uh, surprisingly enough, uh, when I'm talking about something that I, some topic that I'm passionate about, and I, I know the topic very well, so I don't have to... Uh, refer like, to notes. Yeah, I don't have to refer to notes. I don't have to think um, uh, you know, too much about the, uh, uh, whatever I need to say. Um, when, I, when I'm basically just... Uh, like, what, whatever I need to say just flows. And uh, uh, I find that when I'm basically stepping out in front of the audience... I, and I have to use language, right? It's, it's all about language. It's all about talking at that point. And yet I'm in the zone, and what happens is that um, the the language, the chatter in my head is absent, right? The language is absent in the sense that I can't really tell. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to verbalize it for everybody else, right? So um, uh, the language is absent about me being able to describe the state, but the words, they just flow. And and I usually find uh, uh, well very good words 
to uh, talk about the subject. Uh, sometimes I, I even surprise myself the, the, the fluency of it. Uh, like, oh, wow, you know, that was a good phrase. I need to write it down somewhere later so I don't forget. But uh, uh, also, I don't know what's going to come next out of my mouth. That's another thing. <laughs> it's like I, I have this overall structure what I want to say and I'm almost it's almost like it feels like I'm observing myself at the same time as I'm speaking and I'm only doing little course corrections but otherwise my mouth is an autopilot completely and I just totally trust it and it just goes so in that sense you know um, and yeah just want to bring that distinction so it can happen with a lot of words Mm-hmm. Just yeah, I, I I guess when language is absent, I mean cl- chatter in your head. There's mm-hmm. a sense of silence and spaciousness. If you notice that, um, the more noise you have in your what the Buddhists call monkey mind, the smaller the world you live in. Mm-hmm. Try that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there you have it. We tried to talk about modeling <laughs> <laughs> yourself at your best. Uh, I would say we've been partially successful. I think it's a trip the length of which is your whole lifetime. In the next podcast, we will put together all three of these pieces, modeling a skill, modeling another person, modeling yourself at your best, and have a conversation around the three, comparing them and probing deeper. But for now, good night and good luck. Have a wonderful day. And may you be happy. The copyright of this recording is owned by the Radical Change Group and the individual contributors. Permission to copy and distribute freely is granted, provided that the entire recording on this notice remain intact. Please visit us at www.radicalchangegroup.com. Your comments and feedback will be greatly appreciated.